you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 297 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, I'm talking about the A's weekend in New York. I know that they lost two out of three, but I'm not that discouraged. I'll tell you guys why here in just a minute. Uh, And then in the second and third segments, I talked to Bryce Patrick of Locked On Texas Rangers. And so uh, we got a a little bit of a conversation to get into. I keep trying to pry Joey Gallo away from him, and he keeps clutching him tighter and tighter. So that's what we got coming up for you guys today. But before I get into anything else, make sure to tune into the Locked On MLB podcast. Usually. I have the thing to read, but I know what's going on on today's episode of Locked on MLB because I'm the guest. Uh, Sully and I were already planning on talking and then the A's had uh, the ending that they had to Sunday's game and he's like, let's record right now. So uh, we talked about Sunday's game in quite some detail and uh, we got into, you know, just the the A's as a whole, but also whether or not Sean Murphy should have taken another pitch because Araldis Chapman had thrown nine balls and one strike in that entire inning and uh, it looked like the A's were just... just waiting for that big hit. And instead they hit it into a triple play. So uh, it was not a fun episode to record, but I am there and uh, there's going to be plenty uh, for you to listen to on that one. So make sure to listen to the locked on MLB podcast and also make sure to follow us wherever you like hearing podcasts, follow us on social media at locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the green room app. And then uh, you can also email me any, you know, trade suggestions or anything that you guys want to locked on athletics at gmail.com. But let's talk about this weekend series in New York after Friday's game. I thought that Friday's game was probably the most winnable of the, the entire series. The Saturday game against Domingo Herman was going to be a little bit more scary, but uh, they looked like they were doing okay. And then um, Sunday, was going to be, you know, let's see what happens. And John Maniah was fantastic on Sunday. Uh, let's not forget about that. He was absolutely dominant in this game until the sixth inning when he walked two guys and then gave up a double. And that was the difference in the game was those three batters. I mean, it, there was also a strikeout involved. So four batters were the difference in this game. And I know that my mentions were filled very much with the A's need to get this guy or this guy or this guy. And for me, I think that the A's need another bat. I think that that's a bat and a bullpen piece. I talked about it on uh, last week's episode. I, I talked about the whole trade trade deadline preview. I believe that was my Tuesday, Wednesday episode. Uh, so I, I'm still sticking with the guys that I mentioned right there. Uh, mostly Joey Gallo and Richard Rodriguez. I gave my reasoning for those. So listen to that episode from last week. Um, but I, I think that they, the A's need more bullpen depth. And I know that they've got some coming back. JB Wendelkin should be back in another week or so. But with Stephen Piscotty down, I think that it's also more imperative now that the A's figure out right field with a nice big bat 
that like a Joey Gallo. So uh, that's, and also he plays great defense. So there's that. And then you could also have him play DH a little bit when Piscotty comes back. So he, he gives you some versatility and I like that. And so that's why Joey Gallo is at the top of my list. But uh, yeah, it, it was just a weird series. The A's need more bats, more bullpen arms, because if the A's, it, I, I don't like saying bad things about Bob Belvin and his, uh, his bullpen usage or anything like that, but I do question some of the moves that he makes sometimes just, you know, as a thought experiment. And on Saturday, uh, I tweeted it out, but when he brought in Jesus Luzardo, it felt like all of A's Twitter was like, oh no, we're in New York. Why are we doing this right now? He's going to give up a home run. And he did five pitches into his appearance. And, uh, you know, obviously we're, we are all rooting for Jesus Luzardo. And I want to see him succeed and do well. And he's just hit a roadblock. And I don't know what if it's mental. It could be a mental thing. Uh, I, it, I think it's also a mechanical thing. But is the, uh, the mental part leading to a mechanical issue or is it vice versa? Is it just lacking self-confidence right now? There's something going on uh, but beneath the surface because he leaves a, a meatball fastball every time he comes out now. He's allowed a home run in each of his last five appearances out of the bullpen, and that is not what you want. You would love to get two or three innings out of this guy and, you know, rest some of those other arms or make him a high-leverage reliever like they were trying to do on Saturday in New York. And I see why Bob Melvin, I, I get why he put him in there, and it's, hey, this is New York effing city. If he goes out and, you know, balls out right now, he's going to be right on track. That's going to get his mental game right. That's what I, I I have to believe that that is what Bob Melvin was thinking is he's going to go dominate right now. And then we're going to get the Jesus Luzardo that we are expecting back in this bullpen, like ASAP. Uh, instead, the game was blown and everything went to shambles and the A's lost two out of three instead of winning two out of three. Um, uh, on Sunday, we saw Cambodrosian pitch a nice scoreless inning like uh, like he does with the A's, not with the Reds, but with the A's. He, he's been pitching scoreless innings, and I tweeted this on Saturday again. It felt like Cambodrosian would have been the move right there because he's been good and has not allowed a run, and if he blows it, then sure, but you know he's had a better track record of late than Jesus Luzardo, and so and also uh, righty-lefties. <laughs> you're, you're facing righties with Cambodrosian with a righty as opposed to a lefty coming in who throws heat and yeah, has been struggling, and Luzardo went one-third of an inning in his appearance gave up three runs on a hit and two walks and a home run. So uh, not a great performance from Luzardo, but I feel like we would all think of this series a whole lot differently if that bullpen move had been Cam Bedrosian and he had also thrown like he did end up throwing on Sunday. So um, I I'm not super worried about the series. I know that, you know, obviously you want to beat the Yankees and the national narrative is not going to change and all that stuff, but the A's played this series very well. They hit the snot out of the ball in these games. Um, case in point, also on in Sunday's game, so you got the, the weird bullpen move on Saturday. In Sunday's game, Matt Chapman hit one to dead center that was 411 feet. That's gone in, uh, I think, most other ballparks. I'm going to say 29 other ballparks. I don't know that that's necessarily true, but um, it, 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 25 and up for sure. And, and that's not a lie. That's not a joke. 25 and up, gotta be. Um, and so this should have been a 2-2 game, but it's Yankee Stadium and, you know, the, the Yankees and, you know, to a degree, Tony Kemp's Friday home run. Uh, you got some cheap home runs going to the short porch on Friday. And then, uh, you know, the A's have not 
played at Yankee Stadium a whole lot, so they do not cater their swings to the short porch. Uh, they, they were hitting it to the deepest part of the ballpark a whole bunch. They hit a bunch of balls to the warning track, and uh, I think that in a you know neutral setting and not Yankee Stadium specifically, the A's would have swept this series just because of the way they were hitting the ball. So I know that the result isn't there. I know that, you know, Matt Olson struck out with a runner on third and one out. Uh, but Matt Olson was fantastic this series. So uh, he gets a pass in my book and I'm fine with that. And then Ramon Laureano, that same, you know, series of events when uh, Jed Lowry was on third base with now two outs, uh, Ramon Laureano flew out to the warning track. So, I mean, y- you just missed the ball. So uh, Matt, those things happen. It's all I'm saying. I'm not very, you know, worried about the A's as a whole. Obviously, they lost two two games to the Yankees. The Yankees are a good team. You know, it happens. Um, and the A's had also just won seven in a row. So at some point, you're going to lose some games. Uh, the thing that I am now intrigued by is uh, the A's and Astros are tied in the AL West, atop the AL West, but, you know, for the AL West lead. And uh, let's go over just the, the team schedules just coming up real quick. The A's, as you know, are facing the Rangers uh, for four games coming up. They got four against the Rangers, three against the Giants, three against Texas, three against Boston, three against Houston, three against Texas, and then the All-Star game. That is what the A's have coming up. And by contrast, oh man, let's see whose schedule you'd rather have. By contrast, you got Houston. They've got three games against Baltimore, four against Detroit, three against Baltimore, four against Cleveland, and then you get three against the A's and then three against the Yankees. So whose schedule would you rather have? I'd say that you'd probably want Houston's out of that. Um, Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. But the one thing, the one caveat that I will say is the Houston Astros are very good at playing up. They just swept the Chicago White Sox, who I think are a very good team. I know that they get a bunch of wins because they play in the Central, but they're also playing very shorthanded without Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. So uh, the Chicago White Sox, very good team. The Astros just swept them at home. So um, obviously it's a big series for them. They've won, I think, seven in a row now. So uh, they're they're firing on all cylinders. But their kryptonite each and every year is crappy, crappy baseball teams. And the Baltimore Orioles are not necessarily as good as they were when the A's got to play them for their seven games. So, um, and, and also, I don't think John Means is pitching in this series that they got this next three games. But um, the Detroit Tigers, their pitching is also very good. And they have also, I believe, already swept the Houston Astros this year. So this is going to be a very interesting week. Um Hopefully the A's win three out of four against Texas and then two out of three against uh, the San Francisco Giants. But I want you to be prepared. The A's may not be in first place in the AL West from now until the end of the season. There may be some days where the Houston Astros are indeed in first place. But the one thing that the A's have on the Houston Astros is financial flexibility and I know that, you know, we don't know if the A's are going to spend money, and they usually don't, but I do think that they are going to make a big move at the deadline, whether that's Trevor Story or Joey Gallo or Richard Rodriguez, or they're going to make some big move, I think. That's just the feeling that I've gotten since before the season started. It feels like 2014 where they're going to push a bunch of chips into the middle and really, really go for it. So that's something that the Houston Astros can't necessarily do because they're up against this luxury tax. So I don't 
don't know that they're going to be able to make the same kind of a move, or at least the same kind of an impact move that the A's are going to be able to. Whether or not the A's do is another question, but uh, that is one thing that I think is in the A's. So uh, yeah, we're going to have to see what happens there, but uh, that's all that I got from this weekend. That's where I'm sitting as of right now after losing two out of three to the New York Yankees. Obviously, you hate losing to the Yankees, but you know, it happens. Yankee Stadium's uh, another house of nightmares where you, you expect the worst to happen, and they had first and second with nobody out in the top of the ninth. Uh, it looked like something might be going, but again... You don't expect good things to happen at Yankee Stadium. And uh, then Sean Murphy hit into that just game-ending triple play. So it was a weird series of events. Uh, I don't think that that would happen again. So that's something else. It hasn't happened since like 1967. So that's a fun fact for you guys. I, I think it was uh, something Frank. Jeremy Frank from uh, Twitter had that that stat. So, uh, yeah, good, good times. I don't think that it's going to happen again. So maybe the A's actually come through or not next time, but they, they had a a good showing. I'm not disappointed in the showing. I'm disappointed in the results because they, they did well enough to actually sweep this series. But, uh, that's all that I got for you guys from this weekend, uh, coming up on the show, I'm talking to Bryce Patrick of locked on Rangers. So stay locked in with locked on A's and I'll be right back. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week, and they take the pressure off of you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep the fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. And now our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. They have some great pictures on that website. I definitely recommend going and looking at those pictures and trying not to get hungry. Uh, stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone, so team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stonks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control, and Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. 
Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. All right. Well, let, let's just dive in with some of the sadness and then we'll get to some other happy things as well. Um, you guys have lost six in a row. What's going wrong right now? Is it pitching, defense, hitting? Is it all of those? Is it the one? Is it a rotating cast of uh, villains each day for the Rangers? What's going on with you guys? Um, here's what's wrong. Uh, yes. Yes is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they find new ways to win every single day. Um, random dumb thing they're close losses like these losses to minnesota um they lost two to four um today they lost two to three five to seven that like these are all pretty close losses um the houston game they lost they were winning the entire game um or tied until the marcus evans threw an absolute meatball to uh, jose altuve which he crushed for a uh, walk-off grand slam yeah i was mad about that game yeah, I was I was pretty mad about it too. Um, what was really annoying is that the pitch right before um, Evans came in. I think it was the tenth inning. Um, he, he walked two guys. The second guy, like what was ball four in a full count, absolutely should have been like strike three. Like the ball was completely in the zone. It was a fastball too. It wasn't even like a breaking thing that like dipped just out of the zone afterwards. It was like okay, like you can't mess that up. And I think Evans, who's still young, he's still a rookie. Um, I believe he's got still under 20 innings in the big leagues. He kind of, I think he allowed that missed call to, you know, get in his head because very, the very next pitch was that just straight down the middle um, fastball. To Jose Altuve. And it's like, well, that's, that's not going to go well for you almost any time, but no, a, a lot of this started with the, uh, the 16 game road losing streak, which is a franchise worst, but you know, it wasn't even the worst active road losing streak when I think they got to 16 games or maybe it was a little bit ahead of the Diamondbacks where the Diamondbacks continued and so everyone kind of forgot about it. But the Rangers didn't. And it started trickling into what they did at home. And they're just not doing the things well that they were doing well early on. Their bullpen, which started off the year really, really good, much better than expected, especially with all the injuries um, to some really, really key pieces. Um, I thought this bullpen was going to be bad because Ian Kennedy, 36-year-old Ian Kennedy, was their closer was probably the third or fourth choice and i was like okay and then ian kennedy's been mostly pretty good um and some of the other guys have stepped up as well like john king who's actually about to be stretched out into a starter um which i think is really good because the starting rotation has been kyle gibson and friends uh, but you know the friends have been so bad they might just become enemies um i do want to talk about um joey gallo he's been pretty good i know his batting average is still low and all that stuff but uh he could be a trade piece do you think that you're the, you're the a's you're not allowed him? to even say you're not allowed to even say the words batting average i thought i thought you're an a's podcast i, I on am base only buddy I, on base only I, I go with everybody and he has like a 389 on base on one of his splits i, I think it's against righties he's got he's been fantastic he's got 53 walks yeah. his batting average is um 214, which actually 214 is my area code. Um, and his on base is 373. 
I mean, in Dallas, so it doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't really narrow it down. Um, but no, it's like 160 points higher. Um, 159 if we're doing math, which I don't normally do. But he actually he hit a bomb today that was um, absolutely shortchanged by um, by Statcast and and those those goonies there. Like if you haven't seen the video of it, it's it's literally one of those like the ones that are moonshots but are still like really really far. Like it's hit at a very high angle, but it's also hit at like 113 miles an hour off the bat, so it goes like 430 feet, which I think 430 was shortchanging it, but it was literally like. Like the announcement just started like screaming. The entire crowd we just like lost their minds at this Joey Gallo home run. Because I mean, you have to. It's it's majestic when he hits all of it like he did on that one. Um, but the power numbers haven't quite been there. He's been a little little off lately this season. Um, Adolis Garcia is is the guy. He is the guy. He hasn't been as much the guy as of late, but he's starting to get. He, he had a really bad slump um, in the late part of. Um, actually just the early part of, of June, but it was a really bad like week and a half, but he's starting to get his, his legs back as well. Um, but he was a guy who the Rangers DFA'd if A's fans don't know much about him, which I mean, most of the league doesn't know much about him, but he was a guy who the Rangers DFA'd um, at the beginning of the season. Like they, I think they, they traded for him from St. Louis for about 500 K literally just cash considerations is, is all um, St. Louis got for him. And then what does he do? He becomes like one of the best players in baseball for about a month in May, um, making amazing defensive plays, just hitting the crap out of the baseball um, and actually like adjusting. Like he hit the crap out of sliders and fastballs, which, you know, if you can do that in this day and age, you'll have a lot of success. And he did. Um, but he kind of tailed off just a little bit there. Um, but he's, he's back to his Adolis Garcia ways, which is just, he's a Cuban baseball player. So, you know, they are fired up. They love baseball and they love showing their emotion and he does that and it is exciting and fun and the kind of thing that baseball needs more of and i love it when i see it i i definitely know his name i've seen the highlights he looks like a lot of fun and it's nice that you have something nice to watch on a day-to-day -day basis you get four at bats <laughs> from garcia maybe he throws somebody out at the plate to end the game you know there, there's some nice highlights of adolos garcia right now and uh that that's got to be nice for you i do have another joey gala question though and that is um you said that he's been walking a lot. His on base is high because of the walks. Are they pitching around him because there's not a ton of other like quote unquote threats in the, in the lineup or is he just yes. working these walks? Are, are they just like, it's, essentially it's like walking him without walking him is my question. It's, it's kind of a combination of both. Um, Joey's been extra patient this year. Um, he hasn't done as well as, um, as he does, as he has in years past at, um, you know, once he gets his pitch, like actually doing damage with it. I mean, he's, he's done decent damage. I think he has 12 home runs so far on the season. Um, but a lot of that is the people around him are, um, it's literally just him and Adolis in this lineup. Like that, that's it. I mean, the next biggest threat is Isaiah Karnafalefa, who um, is, is a incredibly good player. Like you wouldn't know this, but he is, um, I believe, top 10 in, in war, if not top five. Um, at 3.3 war, according to baseball reference, already this season. He has been quietly one of the best players um, in baseball. But all he does is, is hit for average and um, not for a lot of extra bases and play really good defense at shortstop and steal bases. And that's not really the things that get you voted into the All-Star game. Um, as of this week, he was 11th 
in AL shortstop voting. 11th, the bottom five. And he has been a top five shortstop in all of baseball this season. And it just makes me frustrated because, like, the Rangers fans aren't really going to get behind him and, like, vote for a whole bunch of people and vote for him. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, I've completely veered off into another tangent. But, yeah, basically, Joey, it's been a combination of Joey being, Joey being more patient and also there's really not that much around him. I will say that I believe that one of the votes, at least one of the votes that uh, IKF got was from me. So that may have gotten him from 12th to 11th is the vote that I cast for Isaiah Kaina for Lepa. Um, Cause he's been fantastic. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I, I look at the leaderboards and whatnot. Hey, it's me just popping in real quick. I got more of Bryce coming right up for you guys, but I want to tell you guys about Built Bars because they are delicious. They're the best protein bars on the market. They're the best that have ever existed. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars and they're jam-packed with protein. They're absolutely fantastic. I love having them either in the morning or in the mid-afternoon when I get that little bit of a grumble in my tummy, that, that, that rumbly in my tumbly that Winnie the Pooh was talking about. When I get that, I go for a Built Bar. And I just went over to their website as I'm recording this at 10 o'clock on Sunday night. And you hear me talk about them having special flavors all the time that just come in and come out right now for Father's Day. They have caramel brownie. I do not know how long this is going to be here. So you're going to want to jump on that one as soon as possible. If caramel brownie sounds delicious to you, it sounds amazing to me. So if you want that or you just want to try a bunch of different belt bars, you can get nine different bars, nine different kinds of bars. You get two of each. You get 18 total bars. If you go to beltbar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your first order at Built Bar. And you can get the coconut, the coconut almond, cherry, the raspberry. You get all nine of their core flavors. And you could also go try that, that the caramel brownie because that one sounds delicious. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And now here's the rest of my conversation with Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers. So who else do you think that the Rangers could potentially end up moving? Because uh, obviously you're not very excited about the product right now, but <laughs> what what could the Rangers be going after in a trade? Like what kind of prospects are they looking for? Are they looking for more starting pitching or uh, outfielders, relievers? I mean, you don't really need relievers. You can get those yeah, anywhere. Everybody. I mean, like, you can't really be picky with, like, what kind of prospect. You you want good prospects. Like, that's that's it. The Rangers have, like, this is, like, the first time they've been in, like, rebuilding mode since, like, 2008, basically. They've been, uh, in 2009, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were pretty darn close, and they were getting there, and then they made the playoffs, or some version of the playoffs, basically, every year from, like, 2010 to, like, 2017. Um, and this is the first year of the, like, okay, like we don't really have a shot at competing at all. So let's just actually burn it down. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's just which guys have value. I mean, that's, that's the real question. And which guys aren't going to be a part of your next window where you're very good. Kyle Gibson, I think is very likely. He's 33. I love him. Uh, Gibby, as they call him. Um, he's a very intelligent guy, very well-spoken Um was actually a broadcast major at Mizzou, um, which is a very good uh, media school. But <laughs> I wish him nothing but success. And he's pro he's probably gonna get traded somewhere. I don't know where, but they're they're gonna have to make a deal on him because like this is a bad team, and like you can't have a 33 year old who is doing very very well 
on your roster. Um, I think the Rangers were hoping to get something for Mike Fultinevich, just like sign him, say like, make him see like, oh hey, this guy can can pitch again, but he he I don't think he can very well. Um, he's been really beat up his last couple of starts. Jordan Lyles has literally just been an innings eater. Um, he has been bad. He has been bashed. Um, but he is eating innings and, you know, saving the Rangers from having to call up somebody too soon and uh, burn them out. So he is valuable in that, um, but not much else. Other than them, I think uh, Ian Kennedy is a guy who somebody can use for sure, having a great year um, in the back end of the bullpen. Um, other than that, it's, there's not there's not really a whole lot, honestly. What about your um, larger adult Spencer Patton. I mean, I can't I can't even go there emotionally. I mean, like <laughs> obviously they're gonna explore trades for him. He's got this year and another year, but I think at this point it'd be really so low. Um, they were hoping that he would have a really good season. He had a kind of just slow start to the season, but he's still a, like a gold glove, like game changer in right field and one of the strongest human beings that's ever lived, um, much less swung a baseball bat. But you know, they're not going to get a whole lot of as much value as, as they'd like to. Um, so they might just keep them until the off season and, you know, try and work out in a section. Cause he is still, I think he's 27. Um, yeah. He's my age and I just forget what age I am. Um, <laughs> but um, he could definitely be here um, during the next Rangers window of contention. So he's a guy who would make my... sense to maybe hold on to. My thing with Gallo and if they're going to keep him and whatnot is would he add enough value in that last, you know, two months of the season to make up for the value of not having him on a team this season? I think that his value might actually be higher at this trade deadline than it would be over the winter, especially with all the CBA nonsense that's going to be going on. You might get more for him right now than you would in the offseason if he is going to get traded. So I think that he might get moved. I'm hoping that he gets moved to the A's so you can at least kind of no. still watch him and root for him and no. just see him in different no, colors. I can't, I can't watch. I can't watch him go do that to my team. I can't, I can't watch. I can't have that. If he goes anywhere, he's got to go to my secondary team. That's becoming a little bit my team while the Rangers are rebuilding, which is the Padres. If he goes to the Padres. It, I mean, it'll still destroy me emotionally, spiritually, physically, everything. Like I, I'm, I'm going to be a wreck and take paid time off to just, you know, cry for weeks <laughs> on end, but, um, but no, I, I can't, I can't see him like I, I, as much as I enjoy the A's and want him to go be on a good baseball team. And the A's are that I just seeing him do that to my team consistently would, would hurt too much. Be like nine games. And then maybe, maybe he brings a, a championship to Oakland. He could be a World Series winner, Bryce. Wouldn't that be fun? Him and Elvis Andrews, both World Series winners. No, just I can't. If Elvis wins a ring, like literally the year after, like it's just it hurts my soul so much. That's the thing, is, though, is so much. That the AL is just so wide open right now. I mean, the Astros are good. They're playing out of their minds right now. But uh, can they do that? You know. For the rest of the season, I'm not sure. They just tied the A's no. and the AL West, so it'll be interesting. Um, they, they struggle against bad teams, and obviously you look at the schedule that they got coming up, and it's a bunch of really terrible teams for the next two weeks. But uh, 
they struggle more against them than like the actual White Sox who they swept in four games. So it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what happens because I'm looking, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, the, the A's got the Rangers and, you know, then like the Giants and then the Rangers. So the A's have more competition, I think, uh, winning percentage wise coming up on their schedule, but the Astros just play down to teams and will lose like two out of three against the Tigers or the Royals. And it's wild, but uh, I, I'm very excited. But not against the Rangers. Yeah, not no. I mean, that would have been really nice if you guys could have taken like a game this week. But you know, it's fine, Bryce. It's fine. <laughs> well, they they tried, they tried, but you know, <laughs> when you got a, a bullpen full of young relievers, like they're not going to stay very good for a long time. There's going to be some some learning curve, and boy, howdy, were there some learning experiences in the last couple of weeks. Boy, howdy, indeed, Bryce. And that is my conversation with Bryce Patterick of Locked On Rangers. Uh, thank you to him for stopping by yet again. It's always fun talking to him. I had to edit this in a weird way just because he was crying so much about the Texas Rangers and just their crappy, crappy baseball team. So uh, hopefully the podcast made just a little bit of sense for you guys. But uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. Tomorrow, I'll probably be talking about the Lozardo situation a little bit more if they have not already done something about that. So I'll give my opinion on that in a little bit more detail and then uh, also we're going to be talking about that A's and Rangers game so we got a lot to get to on tomorrow's show uh, make sure to subscribe wherever you like here in podcasts follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the green room app and if you have any questions send those to lockdownathletics at gmail.com so until next time go out and celebrate good times Oakland and I will talk at you tomorrow mm-hmm.